0: on, they want, we want to learn a bit of New Zealand this week. New Zealand.
1: So, yeah, no, no, teach no, us. New
0: Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. New Zealand. What else? What's uh, in a... You guys say Australia. Is that right? Australia. 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 Australia.
1: How would you say it? Australia. <laughs> you would not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Australia. Okay. Now, Sam, uh, we, over the last 10 years, have been great to, we first met in Soul Survivor when Soul Survivor New Zealand was ministering. Mm. Weren't we? We were, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. But these days, uh, what's life? What, uh, we're going to share a bit of your life tonight, but yeah. uh, just to give us a snapshot, what, what is life at the moment?
0: Oh, here's my three kids. Okay. And my
1: wife. Yes. No, that's the Soul
0: Survivor slide. There we go. So there we go. Oh. So there's my th- little family and um, my. So cute. So the Ginger Ninja's Eli, and like, there's no Ginger. There's a little bit of ginger in my bed, yes. now that I've looked really, really hard, Yes. but there's no ginger until you go back two generations on oh. both sides. you have got to have two recessive... So that was a surprise. Yes. Yes. <laughs> had to work out what had happened there, but that's cool. Right. So I had Ginger Ninja, yep. and then little Judah down there to the left, and little Asher there, who's uh, now three years old. That's my gorgeous wife, Jen. Oh. Come on, everyone. We call her... Jen. Yeah, Jen. Jen. yep. Gin. Gin. yep. <laughs> that's Jen. <gin. laughs> yes. And... Uh, that looks awesome, though, eh? It does. Like, that's a good family yes. right there. Yes. That is not reality, though. Oh, it's not. Isn't it? Do you want to see reality? Okay. This is my reality. <laughs> 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 they are wild animals. That is reality. Yeah, that is reality.
1: So that's my little family. So I'm a vineyard, uh, vineyard pastor. Wait, wait, wait. Do you mean with grapes? What do you mean by that? Because there's a lot of people... All oh, right, are, uh, so there's this... There's a lot of flavours
0: of churches. Yes. There's Baptists and there's Anglicans yes. and there's... Any you know. Baptists here tonight? Yeah. And so everyone got it wrong. Right. And then the vineyard guys turned up. So yes. We're at, and we worked it all out. So we got it all right. <laughs> yes. And so I lead the one true church.
1: We are lucky tonight, aren't yeah. we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm joking. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm very. I'm joking, all right? Yeah. Joking. <laughs> no, know I'm with all you. Right, okay. <laughs> so during the week during the week
0: I try well we we've just planted a church Mm. six weeks ago yeah and so sucks (laughs) sucks weeks ago (laughs) yes and it's not sucks it's awesome (laughs) it's going really well come on and uh so that's and that's all I do Mm. And then I, I speak different places. Yes. But I'm actually saying no to all of that. This is one of the last things I'm going to do, because we look after the church.
1: You do. Yeah. You do. Well, guys, it's a real, real big honor and a privilege to have Sam here with us this week, because as you've just heard, he has, with his family, just started a church, and, uh, and leaving Jen and the boys behind, it's a big thing. So can we say thank you from our hearts for the beginning of the week? And um, can I say a prayer? All right. Well, Father, we say thank you for Sam, and thank you for Jen and the boys, and we lift them to you tonight. And Lord, as we come now to learn from you, come Holy Spirit, in your word and through your servant Sam, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The theme
0: verse that you guys have to be strong and courageous, that's kind of been like one of our theme verses over the last year and a half. And so when Matt said, would you come over and speak, and our theme verse is be strong and courageous, I was like, yes, I'm really keen. Now, I had to run it past my wife because it's school holidays and she has to look after the children, but uh, she said yes as well. And so here we are. And so I'm really, really excited about what God wants to do in our midst uh, over this next week, because I know that if you choose to go all in with Jesus, I know two things. Number one, you're going to need to be strong and courageous, like it's it's not easy to follow Jesus. Like it's countercultural and it's radical and it takes courage. But here's the thing, the other thing I know is that when you choose to follow the way of Jesus, it's the richest, most awesome life Possible. Like Jesus, I believe, is the source of life, the author of life, the giver of life. He breathes his breath of life by his spirit into our very bones. You can't find true life outside of Jesus. And so, if you want to live a life fully alive, then you've got to immerse yourself in the life of Jesus. But that takes some courage, and that takes some strength, and we've discovered that over the last year and a bit. In December 2016, me and my wife were uh, in bed together. Now, it's important that we clarify that that is all good, right? There's certain times that's not cool, but we've been married many years, had little babies and all the rest of it, so we're in bed together, and it's something to look forward to for many of you, it's lots of fun, and... Um, Anyway, let's just bring it back. Um, worth the wait, just quietly. And I was a virgin until my wedding night. How cool's that? Hey, yeah, come on. How do we get there so quick? This is a massive tangent, man. All right, back on board. So I'm in bed with my wife and. Uh, and what me and my wife do every single night. Now, this is a something, I, again, when you guys get married, and if you if you are married, this is a good thing to do because you've got to set some habits in your life that say we want to immerse ourselves in the life of Jesus. So one of the ways that we've done that is that before we go to sleep, every single night, me and my wife will pray together and we'll just thank God. Normally, it's at the moment, because we've got three children, it's normally like, Dear God, please can we sleep tonight? And like if you're real, can they sleep as well? And you know, all those sort of prayers. And so that's normally what I write. it's not very spiritual. But then from time to time, the Holy Spirit turns up and we have these full-on prayer sessions. And in December 2016, the Holy Spirit turned up in our room as we prayed this night, and all of a sudden we just knew in our Noah that we were going to be leaving the city that we knew, that where all of our children were born, the church that we loved with the stable job in a fantastic church in Christchurch, and we knew that God was going to lead us somewhere. We just had no idea where. And so the last year and a bit, year and a half, has been the most wild adventure of my life that's required strength and required courage, but I've never felt more alive in Jesus. And here's the thing I want to say, guys, is that going all in with Jesus is such a great feeling. Like living kind of on the fence where you're kind of a little bit Christian, a little bit not, that's the worst place to live. It's horrible. There's this tension. When you go all in with Jesus, it's the best feeling in the world. It's free. It's alive. And so, uh, and so I want to encourage you tonight to go all in with Jesus again. That's my one point tonight. Just go, yeah, I'm going to go all in with Jesus again. And the thing is, it doesn't get any easier as you get older. So don't think they're putting it off till you get a bit older. It, you've got to get into the habit of going all in with Jesus now. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing today because, is because when I was your age going to soul survivor camps, I would respond and say, I want to go all in with Jesus. And so I got in the habit of going all in with Him. And so me and my wife started praying and we felt that God call us Uh, out of the city of Christchurch and to plant a church in this town called Napier. We didn't know anyone there. We, uh, We had both gone there as kids on holiday once. That was it. And God called us to the city. And so we moved there. In July last year, and we started our church six weeks ago, we had 175 people turn up on the first Sunday. It blew my mind. Um, most of them were like my mum and you know dad and my brother and my little sister and all that. But then like a whole bunch of people have decided to stay. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Where'd you come from? And it's been incredible. I still don't earn any money. I live by faith. I have three children. I have a mortgage. Uh, and it's like, I'm all in with Jesus. And it's the, oh, it's the best feeling. It's a life fully alive, and that's what God does. Now, what was interesting is that the night that the Holy Spirit turned up in our room and we started praying about what we should do, uh, a couple of days later, my wife opened up her devotional. Uh, it was an Advent, so it was in Christmas time, and the passage in that Christmas time devotion on that particular morning, two days after we had been praying, was from Genesis twelve, where God makes this promise to Abram, and He says, "Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you." And Jim was like, "What the heck? Where did this come from?" What? And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who blessed you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now the reason why this is important, not just for our story, the reason it's important we look at this passage tonight is that this is the passage that lies before Joshua's experience of taking the promised land. What happened is that God turned up in Genesis 12 and said to Abram, I am going to give you a land and I'm going to make you a great nation. And get this. He says, I'm going to bless you so that all the nations of the world can be blessed. And here's why I love Soul Survivor. Because what you're doing over this week is absolutely incredible. You aren't just talking about being a blessing. You actually are going to be a blessing. Do you know how legendary that is? (laughs) You guys are legends. You really are. You're legends. You're living legends. It's incredible. It's so countercultural. Now, I'm here this week with my best mate, Shannon. Shannon. Me and my best mate Shannon, yeah, come on. Uh, me and my best mate Shannon, we've been best mates since, um, since we're like 11 or 12. And now he's gone to the dark side and lives in Melbourne. And, uh, and so like, I'm like, oh yeah, go the bombers or whatever he's into now. And I'm like, oh, whatever. But what's cool is that we get to hang out uh, from time to time. And this is a, very, it's a great treat for me. We're at the back of the hall as you guys are worshiping. Just going, this is the most countercultural group of people around. Like, you guys could be doing all sorts of things with your school holidays. And where are you? You're in a school hall. (laughs) Now, no, we're going to have prayer ministry later. So, you know, some of you may need some therapy because that's the last place you want to be on a school holiday. But hey, that's all good. But here you are in the school hall worshipping Jesus. And you're going to go out tomorrow and you're going to bless people. And guess what, guys? That's what following Jesus is all about. It's using the things that he's blessed you with. Your time, your talents, your skills, all your muscles, whatever. Everything he's given you the most fulfilling, beautiful life possible is using those things to bless other people. And you guys are doing it. It's awesome. Pat yourselves on the back. Give yourselves a clap. It is so, so good. And if you can get into the habit of of living that sort of lifestyle, you I promise you, you will live the richest possible life. Here's the reality. In our culture, everything says life is about trying to grab life and accumulate life and have stuff for me and have experience for me. And Instagram's all about what you're not doing and missing out on. FOMO's a big deal. It's all... I'm going to try and I don't want to miss out. And it is the biggest hoax ever. You will never be satisfied trying to grab and accumulate and hold on to life. The way that you will live a life fully alive is by giving your life away. That's how you live a life fully alive. That's how it happens. And so if you can get in the habit of blessing other people, serving other people, it's countercultural. it's counter to our nature. But the more you choose it, the more that you're following the way of Jesus who poured out his life for us and says, come and follow me. Now, so this promise has been made to Abraham that says, I'm going to give you this land. And we know that later Joshua is going to stand on this land and God's going to say to him, be strong and courageous. But there's a story about how Joshua got there. And it involves Abraham. So Abraham gets this promise. I'm going to give you this land one day. And then if you fast forward a couple of chapters to Genesis 15. Now, if you've got your iPhones, Androids, tablets, or actual Bibles, you should turn to Genesis 15. Because I want to look at Genesis 15 in context of what Joshua does down the track. Now, in Genesis 15... Uh, Abram says, God says to Abram once more, "Look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them, so your offspring shall be. So God makes this promise to Abram that his family will flourish and Abram chooses to believe in God for this promise. And then God says something to Abram a little bit that he finds harder to believe. He says, "I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Shaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. Now this is the land that Joshua is eventually going to take as the promised land. So Abram's from this place called Ur, which is my, probably modern Turkey today, and uh, and he had traveled to this place that we would now call Israel. Now, if you think about Israel today, a lot of it is dry, dusty desert. But back then, uh, it was a really beautiful place, like Kof's Harbour, like most of us, well, you know, not a lot, of, a lot of Australia's just dry, barren desert, actually, but a lot like this place this is like beautiful, tropical kind of place. Archaeologists called this area the Fertile Crescent. It was stunning. It was beautiful. Uh, and so God says to Abraham, I'm going to give you possession of this land. And Abraham finds this hard to believe. He's like, how can I know that I'll gain possession of it? Now here's the reality. Where Abraham lived, it was not like Australia or New Zealand today with police people and men and women and justice systems and courts and rules about what you weren't allowed to do. It was a tough, wild west sort of scenario where it was survival of the fittest and people's words didn't mean a lot because people would just rip each other off and just try and take land. It was just survival. And so... uh, Abram starts asking God, well, how do I know that you are going to give this to me? And so what Abram is doing is he's fishing for a covenant. And we have to understand covenant to understand how significant Joshua's life is. So let's have a look about what happened. So the Lord says to, to Abram, if you look down in Genesis 15, bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Now it's like, rickle scratch. It's like, what on earth is going on here? Like, Like, Abram said to to God, like, how will I know that I'll get possession of the land? And then God's like, bring me a whole lot of random animals. But here's the thing. So this is, Abram, at this point, when he hears God say, bring me all these random animals, he's stoked. Because that's covenant-making language. Let me explain. In the olden days, back in Abram's time, what would happen is that people would form these covenants. And so you'd have these two people. Now, I don't know many people here, so I'm going to have to pick on the people I do know, um, which is going to be like Luca on the AV. Everyone wave at Luca. Hi, Luca. Luca, you wave everyone. And Matt. You're the only other person I know, okay? So, So we've got these two people. So Luca and Matt are going to form a covenant. Now, the reason they're going to form a covenant is this, because Matt is the humble shepherd guy. And Matt owns all these sheep. Yeah, bro, you own some sheep here, just like in New Zealand. So you've got a whole lot of sheep and a whole lot of potatoes. But the problem is, in this culture, you're getting pillaged all the time. People are stealing your sheep and people are eating your potatoes. And you can't do much about it. Luca, however, is the fierce princess warrior queen. Come on. And she's got a whole lot of fierce princess warriors who are like just tough. But the problem is they get pretty hungry from time to time. They would love some lamb chops and potatoes. And so Luca and Matt would get together and have a little chat. And then they would decide to form a covenant between these two uh, people. And this is what they would do. They would come together and they would make a sacrifice of some animals from uh, nose to tail, down the middle. And then they would spread these... Now, sorry, vegetarians. You're going to have to bear with me here. Thousands of years ago, different culture and context. So just whatever. So they would cut these animals in half, a whole lot of them. And then they would make this corridor. They would separate the two sides and make this corridor of blood. Awesome, eh? It's like Braveheart. And so they'll make this corridor of blood. And then what they would do is they would stand at each end of this corridor and they would then walk past each other through this corridor and what they were saying is that if I break this promise, would I become like these animals? So they would swap sides and then they would also uh, absorb each other's names. So Matt would become Matt the Fierce Warrior Shepherd Dude and Luca would become Luca the Fierce Warrior Humble Shepherd Queen. And all of their resources would now be one. They would now be one unit, as far as everyone was concerned. And then what they would do is they would get a knife, they would cut a a, a mark on their hands, rub it in dirt, so that they would have a physical scar that that would be the sign of this covenant that was made, this public sign that this covenant had been formed between these two parties. Does that make sense? So now... The fairest warrior queens can eat lamb, chop, and veg. And you have got protection from Lucas' fairest warrior queens to protect your territory. So that's how a covenant... So you always cut a covenant. Now, God says to Abraham, bring me these animals and cut them in a little corridor, please. And you can read this in Genesis 15. It's interesting. The presence of God comes that night in the form of fire. And often in the Scriptures... The presence of God is symbolized by fire, this blazing fire pot. And that fire pot makes its way down that corridor. And in that moment, a covenant is formed between Abram and and God. Where God is saying, "'If I break my promise about your descendants in this land, may I become like the sacrifice.'" What is interesting is that Abram doesn't walk down the corridor. God is saying, if you break the promise, I'll also take the consequences and become like this animal. And Abram gets given part of God's name. Yahweh is the Old Testament name for God. And so he gets some letters from God's name and becomes Abraham at that point. And now dudes hold on to something or somebody because it gets a bit full on now there's a little mark of this covenant and it's called circumcision. And so Abram gets the snip, not the whole thing, just a little bit of it, to, uh, to symbolize that this covenant has been made. This is the nature of the covenant, that God, God is so serious about this promise. And then you fast forward, what happens? The Israelite nation emerges from Abraham. And it flourishes under Joseph. And then hundreds of years pass in Egypt, and that group of people become enslaved because they're freaking out about the number of them. And then God, through Moses, sets them free and, and leads them into the wilderness. They, uh, fast-forwarding a lot of Scripture here. They walk around the wilderness for 40 years, learning to be God's people. And eventually they come to this great promised land where Joshua is standing there as uh, he's taken over from Moses and he sees this land and God says to him in Joshua 1, verse five to six, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. This is the moment when it all starts to happen. It's wild it's going to be crazy, Joshua. You've got to go through the Jordan River. You've got to take the city of Jericho. You've got a whole lot of battles in front of you. But if you're strong and courageous, I will fulfill my promises through you. And he does. And we're going to explore that over the coming days. But I just want to just take a little quick detour before we come into land. In the New Testament, we read about God cutting a new covenant And this time the covenant isn't between God and the Jewish people, but between God and every single person. And Jesus is the sacrifice. He's the covenant. He's the sacrifice. And the cross is the corridor and the nail wounds on his hands are the physical signs that a covenant has been made. And here's the good news of the new covenant that's been made through Jesus' blood. Is that we, here's the deal, God gets everything that we've got. Not a lot, okay? Like here's some sin and here's some shame and here's some guilt and here's some regrets and here's a little bit of money and here's a little you know I've got a pot belly now so you know here's my hundred kilos of me and whatever it's like here's me and here's and then in return I get everything that God's got everything and I get his holiness I get his righteousness I get his life I get his freedom. I get his healing. There's been a new covenant cut. And guess what? There's a new promised land that we are all invited to step into. And you know what that land is? It's places like Coffs Harbour, Sydney, your school. There's land that God wants to give you. And there are people that live in those places that you're going to bless. That's what we do as we follow Jesus. That's the whole idea. It takes courage. And here's the cool thing, though, and I come into land with this, is that it takes courage to follow Jesus, but here's the thing. He also gives us courage. So it's not like I have to go, please, God, you know. It's like there's these little steps that we take with Jesus, and then he comes by his Spirit and fills us with life, and he fills us with the courage we need to live this countercultural, revolutionary lifestyle. He empowers us to do it. And you know what it requires from us? It just requires us saying yes to him. I'm in. I'm all in. You know, I've got, as I said, three little boys, and I love them to bits. I'm already missing them, and it's day one, so, you know, we've got to hold on for the ride. (laughs) They're just my treasures. I love them so much. And my eldest boy, as I mentioned, was called Eli, and he's seven years old. And uh, he's just the the greatest joy in my little life. I love Eli so much. And I love it because I know that he trusts me as his dad. And so we go to the park all the time. Like when you're a dad, pretty much all you do is you go to parks and and cafes that sell fluffies. Like that's pretty much my life outside of church world. Uh, And so, you know, you've got to make it fun at parks if you're a dad. Otherwise, you're going to get a bit bored and, you know. So I love egging them on to do things that mum sometimes gets a bit worried about. And uh, there's this little picture I've got of Eli at the park with me the other day. And uh, <laughs> I love this photo because <laughs> there's this flying fox around the corner from where we used to live. And what, Eli one day went up there and I'd bought the flying fox up and then it had kind of had, didn't quite grab it and it kind of ran away. And then it was like he's just standing there and I'm kind of at the bottom and we're both making, wait a minute. And so I'm like, he's like, and I was like, why don't you jump? I'll catch you. And he's so he's standing at the edge of this thing, and it's like, and I could just see him like just trying to suss it out, like, ooh, this is a bit scary. But here's the thing: he trusts his dad. And so I love this photo to bits. It's the most beautiful expression of trust I could show you. Look at that. His little leg is just touching the edge of the wood, but he's fully committed. He's all in. And I love his face. I know there's a shadow there, but you can just see he's smiling from ear to ear. He's fully alive. He's all in. He's completely trusting his dad. And I catch him. Most of the time. No, I catch him. (laughs) And I catch him every time I would catch him. He's starting to get big. <laughs> it's whoa. Here's the thing, guys. I want to challenge you tonight to go all- in with Jesus again. Some of you, I could just tell as you as we've been worshiping Jesus tonight, that some of you are all in, and, uh, and go for it, guys. I've got all my job and Matt jobs and everyone's job is to get our pom poms out for you and go. Go, you can do it. Follow Jesus. It's all worth it. It's really cool. Whatever. Some of you tonight have turned up and and you know you're not all in. But even as I'm saying, go all in. There's something in you that's like, yes, I want to go all in. And I want to encourage you tonight to be strong and to be courageous and to say yes to Jesus. I'm all in. Because if you want to do anything of significance for Jesus, then you've got to get used to the feeling of being strong and courageous and choosing the way of Jesus. This is what it feels like to follow Him. And if there's been areas of your life that you've kind of gone, I want you, Jesus, in this part of my life, like on Sunday or youth group, but I don't want you on Friday night or these other places. How about tonight you go, I'm all in again? I'm all in every part of my life, Lord. You are welcome to be Lord of all. And here's why. Because I trust in you. I trust in your character, your nature, that you're a good father, that you're for me, you're not against me. As I said earlier, that you're the source of life. You're the giver of life. You're the bringer of life. And your desire for me is to know life in all of its fullness. That's what he wants for every single one of us. And so I want to encourage you tonight to go all in with Jesus, to jump off the platform and to say yes to him. How about we stand together? Matt, do you want to come up? And let's just invite the Spirit of God to come and minister to us and stir us and encourage us.